Season 1, Episode 9 of No Pyro, No Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be reviewing the Armada 2-1 defeat away at New Orleans. So, Derek, what have you got for us? So, the game started out pretty slow for the most part. It's, um, it, it, I guess with the Armada, it's one of those lineups that it's, uh, you know how Tommy K always uh, likes to rotate the squad, keep the legs fresh, and um, so we didn't have anyone like Edu, um, Edu on the starting lineup, Jed Bowman was out of the starting lineup, um, and same as uh, Toby McCollum. So, other than that, the rest of the lineup was pretty much the normal regular guys that you'd be seeing come playoff time. Um, it didn't seem to lead to a lot of chances in there um, at the beginning. In the first 10-15 minutes, there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, I know we, we picked up an early yellow in the fourth minute with Tyler Richardson. He uh, After he forced a turnover, like the ball got away from him. Then he gets called for a yellow on a late tackle. So that that was a little interesting uh, start for the team. And then in the, um, a few minutes later, Armada, their real only solid chance in the first 15 was um, Reason Over ended up getting a free kick near the left corner flag. And they ended up playing a short corner out to uh, Mason uh, Tumbridge, a little bit outside of the box near the center. And he just shot the ball right over the crossbar. So um, other than that, that was really their first chance. And then uh, defensively, uh, New Orleans had one um, one opportunity themselves when Shanley had a ball played back to him. And then he turned the ball over and um, the shot ended up getting uh, uh, scooped up by Dubervik. So... Yeah, I think it, uh, I kind of agree with you with a lot of what you said about the we, we kind of didn't have those players in there that uh, provide that spark, um, you know, sort of at the beginning. Not no knock on anybody who was out there at the time, but you know, it, it's just it seems like we came out a little bit flat um, in the first half of the first half for sure. Yeah, and it's that a lot of the other teams that we're going against they have their regular eleven. They might have one or two guys come out, but with with the, the deep squad that we have, we always talk about how there's a, um, we, we pretty much have two, um, we have 18 players. So it's when we, people who come off the bench, they're pretty much starters on any other team. So th- this is what happens when you have that much depth is you're going to have to have rotation. So um, after the 15th minute though, we, there was a little bit more action. Um, Alex Smith ended up fouling one of the New Orleans uh, players on the far side of the field from the stream. Um, it didn't look like it was really any contact on that, um, but it was definitely called a foul. And But to be honest, the stream was um, rough to watch, and uh, especially rough to watch the second time uh, while making notes for the podcast. Yeah, so, um yeah, so uh, after the free kick, they ended up lining up over it, and they kick it right into like uh, the six-yard box. It bounces like right between Shanley and Alex Smith, and Dubervik just freezes and then goes into the far side uh, netting. So they get their first goal um, 15 minutes into the game, 
and it's uh, the team just like everyone's just looking at each other. I thought you were going to get it. So what was your thoughts on that? I think I think the same. And we've talked about this before in previous episodes. I still don't think we have that our back line together and cohesive. Um, and you know, I'll say this: you I know, think we were hundred times. The only way you can win, you know, the the easiest way to win games is don't let goals in. And you know, we we, we just seem to be having that problem still. Yeah, but if you look back at like previous, um, if you look at last year when through five games, we only had one clean sheet. If you look at the uh, 2011, we had two clean sheets. So I know we're five games in and we haven't had a clean sheet, but it's not like the previous years we were running them out at the very beginning of the season. Like it, it we tended to get our uh, our defense kind of took shape a little bit better towards the middle point to through the end of the season. So it, it's right. there. There's still time to grow and there's still time for them to get together and honestly last year we were, we were kind of blessed with such a very deep back line with like no, nothing against alex smith or redmore um but we had elijah howe in the center we had shanley on the right and we had ethan dudley who's now a professional soccer player playing on the left like it's um w- we had tremendous depth and it's it's showing that we're we're just not there yet, but at least um, the team so far this year we we've had to come back quite a few times, and uh, a few minutes later they they act they found a way into uh, getting the tying goal. Um, uh, Tyler Richardson, who had that early yellow, he he forces a turnover, he gets the ball, runs with it a little bit, slides a through ball to Taylor, who just rips it right off the left crossbar. Um, I thought it was a great shot, and I'm waiting for him to have that moment. I know he had the two goals against the Roots, and he, he feels like he's been pressing lately. Um, but luckily for us, the ball bounces right to Vaccaro. He settles it and then just picks out that bottom left corner to get the counterattack goal. Right, and it's you know it's sort of an armada thing you expect, right? Let in, let in a goal, boom, you know, another goal right back. We're back to, to level playing field. Um, so, you know, we're kind of spoiled because that's kind of what we expect, right? You know, that's like, oh, you know, you know, a few seasons back, I think I mentioned this last episode, a few seasons back would have been like, oh boy, we're down again. Now it's like, okay, hey, we're down a goal. No big deal. Right. And that sort of was the, uh, what happened in the, the first part of the first half, you know, so hey, yeah, it's no, a, no big deal. We're going to shake it off. Yeah. The, the, it, it is a testament to the mentality of the team. Like, uh, if they go down there, they really start striving to okay we have to get this back we we need to and, and they push forward so it, so far through five games there hasn't been a moment where they they've beside oh i'll take that back besides when we went down to 10 guys against southern states we've had the front for, foot forward each time so it, even though we're looking better in the counterattack than um in, in scoring goals versus uh the run of play um, outside of the roots game. It's like, we are the team that's pushing forward. We are the team that's the aggressor. So right. um, there's, there's never a sense of uh, a panic. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there hasn't been a moment that I, I personally haven't felt that we're not out of the game or that like, if we go down a goal, we can come back. So we, we have the talent there. We, 
Um, even though we're uh, kind of struggling right now on the table, um, I, I don't feel there's a team that's better than us talent-wise. Um, but in the words of Bar- Bill Parcells, uh, you are what your record is. So it's uh, uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the game, uh, rest of the season. So, um, but other than that. Um, that moment, those are the only two goals in the first half. Um, but there were some interesting comments, though, I want to talk about on the stream in the first half. Um, um, I wasn't there, so I couldn't see, and the stream was uh, very Blair Witchy at times. Um, but the 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 announcers were saying that the center ref was calling offsides um, for both teams, it felt like, when the assistant referee never had their flag up. Uh, ha- have you heard of anything like that? I mean, though, I think, you know, it's my understanding the referee does have the ultimate authority for that, but, you know, I, I've never seen, I can't think of too many. I mean, I've seen instances here and there where the, the, the center ref will, you know, might overrule a, a linesman or something or things like that, but it's not like, you know, something that would be constant. Yeah, it, it, it happened like twice in the first half that they made comments about it, and then there was once in the second half that they, they made comments. That, and I just feel like the, the referees, the, the main referees supposed to be watching the game, and like it, it's they have linesmen there that's supposed to have the best advantage of seeing down the line. Like, why, why is the referee going to overrule him? Why not take uh, use the people around the pitch to... To help call the game better, so well, I, I don't if, know. I, th- I just thought was, that was one of those. I was gonna say if it was one sided, I would would say maybe the fix is in. But if it, if it's both ways, yeah, know, it it, it was both not. ways. But it just it I I just thought it was one of those weird moments in the game that um I don't ever remember an announcer mentioning that um before in my life of watching soccer. So it's uh I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Well, as they say, NPSL is going to NPSL. So there you go. Right. One of those right. things. So, so what what was your um first ha- uh, first half thoughts on the game? I mean, you know, like I said a little bit earlier, the first half of the first half, I thought we were we were a little bit flat, and then you know a little bit later on, we started finding finding our way a little bit more. But I don't know it just like seemed like something seemed out of sync. Um, can't quite put my my finger on it. Um, it just, it's, it's kind of like, we're not looking like our, our same old, same old, you know, or for, for, you know, I guess the comparing to last year, we're not, you know, we don't, I just don't see us as being as dynamic and that's on a very high level. Like I said, it's no knock on any players or anything else or things like that, but it's just, there's some, there's something missing. It's like a special ingredient, a little, one little thing, a little twist. Well, I, I think it's like, it, it's. One, the the center forward isn't really scoring goals. He's got two goals, and they were against the roots. So, do those two goals really count? Um, so, but it's uh like he Taylor's pressing. He's putting himself into great positions, and every game he's had like two to four like opportunities to like put it into the back of the net. But he's just mistouching it, shoots it wide, shoots it off the crossbar. This game or or something, but it, it's we got to get him going. Like it, it, if we're gonna be at our best, he has to start. Um, it, he he has to like stop pressing and just let the game come to him, and he has to find the back of the net. Uh, an, another thing is 
the with the link up play like there there's a lot of times like the, our passing in that final third we're, we're getting the ball over the top we're getting the ball into dangerous positions but then that secondary pass is just in front just behind or the they pass it right on target to the person but the first touch just isn't there like it, it's just we're we're struggling of connecting that final piece in the box in my opinion so it it's just it, it's we're struggling right now in that part of the pitch you know it goes back to what i you know said before there's just that there's just those those pieces that are missing and i don't know you know are are we going to get there we've been so spoiled um with you know you know the the joy the joy of what we got to watch last year and by no means am i saying like i said i'm saying that we're bad or or anything else like that and it's hard to put it into words i get that it's a it's you 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 could see the talent there right but it's just not happening so it's just it's like lack a lack of cohesion or consistency, maybe, would be a good way to put it. Yeah, but the, it's the, they're cohesive in uh, uh, in the buildup of things. It's just that final final area, it, they're they're struggling, and we say that when they still have the most goals scored in the Gulf Coast Conference. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's what uh, I'm saying. I don't I don't want to be you know Mr. Sour Grapes or Mr. Womp Womp Womp. Like I said, that's like why I say we you know it's been like we've been spoiled. Right. right? You know and. I mean, if we go back five, six years, right, and, and the garbage that we had to look at, right, and, and, and watch and sit, and sit and, and see, and you know, so I mean, this, you know, maybe it's just being nitpicky, maybe. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because we haven't. You know, it's been a while since we've been this far down the table. Yeah, especially when you're only talking about uh, six teams and a uh, and uh, Mobile. Got to include Mobile until they until uh, Roots uh, passes them. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're all, you know, almost in the bottom half, and we'll talk about that a little bit later at the end. Yeah. Second half. Um, Tommy made a interesting change. Uh, Richardson, who it had a very up and down first half with a yellow card. Um, I I personally thought the first time I watched it, he kind of disappeared. Um, after that beginning moment, but when I rewatched it, some of our major chances, he was actually involved with uh with the build up at play. So um uh, he actually played a very decent first half when I rewatched it and was looking for him a little more. Um but he they pulled him out and Idu Cumbra, who's uh, uh arguably uh, our best player or one of our best players comes in at halftime um and you can just tell that it's uh the game kind of changed five minutes later um, right i was just gonna say that that it's like okay now now we're cooking yeah so there then the 50th minute uh reason over got across um tallahassee got to the point to clear it but they had such a poor uh touch in the clearance and you know, Eddie likes to drive inside and uh, play more of an inside forward. He's drifting up right at the top in the center of the box. And he just, he, he goes for it and just misses the getting getting the everything on the ball. 
kind of scuffs his shot and it goes right to the keeper. He gathers it. So, and that was really like our only, like the, the momentum was going towards Jacksonville for the next like uh, five, 10 minutes. But that was really our only true chance that we had um, in, in the first uh, 15 minutes of the second half. So, and then um, 60th minute, Tommy uh, changes it up again. Um, out goes uh, Richard Thompson. Out goes Redmore, who picked up a uh, uh, knock in the first half, um, which I checked uh, with him yesterday. Um, apparently, he's been carrying a knock for the uh, last few weeks, and the, it was, this was a planned uh, substitution at the 60th minute mark. Um, but in comes Bowman for the right side. Um, uh, Pierce Almaberti, he ends up moving to where Cole Reasonover was um, in the left midfield. And Cole Reasonover, who's normally, like at JU, he either plays a, a left back or he plays left winger. He actually slides back into the left center back role, which the only other time that I've seen him play there was against um, Southern States when we were um, down a guy. And he, he was just trying to... That I think he was there for about like 10 minutes. Do you um, think that after, was all that was intentional or do you think it's consequential of just not managing subs correctly? No, I, I think for the players that we had available, he was the most natural uh, position, but I was actually thinking about that um, the last few days of like we, Shanley, Alex Smith and Redmore are hands down are, three center backs in the back three. It, there's no real dispute about it. But looking at the roster that uh, came out in um, uh, April to us, uh, it, it's you go down the list and who's our next best defender? I think it's um, Gavin Pinzone, who we haven't seen in since the... Um, since the open cup open cup i was gonna say yeah i don't yeah i was gonna say i don't think i've seen him at all since then yeah like most of the other defenders are gonna be wingbacks um think about it uh cole reason over jed bowman uh micah thomas uh uh donut um juhas like th those are those are all wingbacks so we, we have quality center backs but i'm not sure we have a lot of depth and don't get me wrong I love Gavin Pazone. Like he, he is. Uh, I, I think he's going to be um, one of the next good, solid center backs coming through the Armada organization. I believe he's committed to Holy Cross this next year for um, after he graduates uh, high school. So he, we, we, we do have some depth, but at the moment we're we're playing guys out of position, and even Redmore um, in the roster release that was given to us. He was labeled as a midfielder to us before the season, and he's typo. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know either. We've only seen him play as a left, uh, left, um, a center back left side. So we'll see. He, I think he's, uh, uh, he's only gotten better as the season gone on, and he's getting more comfortable in that position. And I think he's, uh been one of our better players most of the match most matches uh this year but it's uh 
you you could tell at the beginning I didn't think it was his one of his natural positions. Yeah, and it, and it comes back to again is I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but it, it's sort of I guess you would say there's just not that 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 cohesion. You know, you know, even, you know, not only at the back, you know, and like I said, again, it's, it's, it's no knock on anyone at all, but it, it's because we're, we're, you know, we're, we're lucky to have, you know, the, the squad that we do. And like I said, these guys could, could fill you know, a whole nother, uh, NPSL team. You know, what we yeah, have. No facts. Bench. It would definitely and, be at least better than the roots. And I, and, sort of, and I, I sort of feel bad, you know, sitting here, you know, just, just coming up with stuff, but you know, it, I guess it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It, and honestly, when, when the lineup came out, they had a few uh, moments where they were able to get, um, uh, get opportunities into the goal, but it, it, for our best moment in the next 15 minutes was in the 72nd minute, um, the Armada forces a turnover. Um, so we're in, we're, we're counting it, counterattacking again. Um, pass goes to Coimbra in the middle. He flicks it over the top to Taylor, shoots on goal, but the def- uh, and they defended it out uh, for a Jacksonville corner. Then we get a set piece. Play a short corner, and from the short corner, we have poor service in the box, and we turn it right on over. So it's... I think it's a combination of just what you're saying, but also at the same time, we haven't really been too um, effective in set pieces. Um, I know um, we had that one goal from Miles Shanley in the first game against Tallahassee, but I don't know if we've had any other goals off of set pieces since. I, I don't think we do, and that's something I think we we may have talked about in the last episode as well. Is you know set pieces are opportunities. You know, that are, oh, that are laid out on a plate, you know, um, you know, I think you, you have, you know, a better percentage off set pieces than you do off of things off the run of play. And I just don't know how much we're concentrating on that or if we're just, yeah, not, it, not, or just not that good at it. I mean, being a team that's kind of, you know, thrown together, it's not like it's a team that's been together for I, eight I, months. I, I think we, like, when I look at the lineup and see Edu Cumbra and uh, Mason Tunbridge, like, those are two guys that, like I, I think can pinpoint a ball into a set piece, um, and we have the height. Miles is out jumping the world. It, it, I feel like there's in every single game, there is a moment that we've had a corner or a set piece that we have freed him up, and if he connects on the ball, it's a goal. The problem is he's not finding the ball, or the ball's just over kicked on him. Like he, he's getting space in the box. It, against their best defender, and he's getting to that. Like we, we got to find a way to, to, to use him and his height, or the Alex Smiths, or the, the Red Moors when, when we have those opportunities. So, um, but moving forward, um, nothing else really happens until the seventy-fifth minute, and then one of our better players on the night, uh, Giancarlo uh, Vaccaro, Giancarlo Vaccaro. He comes out. Um, Adriano Christensen uh, comes in, um, and then it, it's New Orleans ends up getting a corner. Um, 
I didn't see what happened. The string kind of moved away from uh, <laughs> the play. It was like, uh, like it did the whole match, moving all moving all over the place. Right. It was complete Blair Witch. But I guess there was a handball called on the match, um, based off of uh, how the players were uh, the players arguing the call. I think it was against Cole Reasonover. I'm not. I I I'd be lying to you if I told you that was 100 percent true. Um, but New Orleans had a penalty. Sheldon Green stepped up and uh, he slots it in the bottom left corner. Um, Dubrovich guessed the right way, um, but the shot was a great shot and it went under him. Yeah. So after the PK, um, the Armada did another sub. Out comes Teddy West, who I thought played a very good game, and he was also the one taking a lot of our um, corners from the left hand side. Um, and in comes Toby McCollum, which I find like uh, I, I'm hoping to see more Toby and Mason going forward. But now we're we got 13 minutes plus stoppage time left before we see our um, middle pairing. So, but other than that, um, as soon as New Orleans got that second goal, it's uh. They they got into time wasting mode. Um, whenever they the whenever there's a stop and play, they grab the ball, run with it. They just uh, go down. Yeah. Which I get it. Like it, it's just uh, it, we we don't normally see it often because we haven't really <laughs> lost too much in the last. Right, few we're years. not in that position to be on the receiving end of that. Of so and years. for for me as a supporter and a fan, it's frustrating because that it, in the last like. Um, 15 minutes for them, they had three guys pick up a yellow um, or two guys pick up a yellow. Um, but it was mainly for time wasting. And with the new NPSL rules that yellow cards don't carry over um, the, for accumulation, teams can do that when they're, when they're winning. I, I, I personally think it's a bad idea um, and would be better for, the league and for the games if yellow card accumulation could happen because it can avoid um, some of these moments. It's not going to avoid all the moments, but teams would have to, con uh, teams and players would have to consider yellow card accumulation in time wasting uh, moments. Yeah. I never thought about that as, as far as it being a strategy, um, you know, especially under the new uh, yellow card rules, but, you got to watch that Kenny Farrell. He's he's uh, sneaky. No, I wouldn't, it, it, I wouldn't put that past up, him. He, he he coaches his kids up very well. So I, I say kids, uh, the young men, up very well. They they do have some older players in there. It's not like it's their motto or it's a U twenty three based team. So they they do carry older players that are uh, and play a little longer season. I think other than the NPSL right, right. over there. So. Um, but most of our stuff didn't um you you can tell the the team was pressing forward they were throwing everyone up um we did have a few moments like um where Bowman got across into Coimbra um who passed it to Adriano and then he passes it to Taylor right in the middle of the box from the spot and Taylor just sails it over the net. Like at that moment, it's like, oh my god! Like, yeah. You if you pause the screen, there's about seven Armada players in the view, and they're just all grabbing their head. Like, 
oh, that was our moment to tie yeah, it. Yeah, and I thought like, that I thought watching that was gonna be it. Yeah, even, like, even the announcers um calling the game who are New Orleans based announcers. They 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 literally say, Oh no, <laughs> like after he missed it. And but credit to the team, they still kept their head down. Minute later, Bowman again gets another cross into McCollum, similar spot, and he misses as well. Um, he misses it wide. Um, and even even at the end, like it, it's uh, the the Armada even the 10 minutes into stoppage time, which it wasn't really 10 minutes because there was like about a minute or two before the half started that the clock was running um, in the second half. But um, to- Tommy um, ended up throwing the Duberbrick forward for the last set piece, which we, they ended up calling a foul on one of the Armada players, I think Shanley. And that was the end of the game where the Armada lost two to one. Right. Yeah. And it was, I have to say I was gutted after that because it's been a while since we've had, you know, a regular season loss. Um, and it's hard to take. Do you, do you know what the last game we lost in the regular season was? Go ahead and tell me. No, I do not. It was Southern States memory. back in uh, 2021, which you and me made that trip uh, away when uh, uh, Patrick Gillig ended up getting the the double yellow card when he asked the to, after he got um, the first yellow card he asked the referee of, uh, his opinion on it and the referee didn't like his tone so he sent him off well, i remember that now yeah so Thank you for I, I, my memories i i still um rib gilly about it every time i see him i'm traumatized from from that whole experience <laughs> it, it it was a uh interesting road trip and that drive home was uh, extremely long and in the rain yeah the yeah the, the drive back was the worst for sure drive yeah. home not so bad drive back don't recommend it yeah so um but yeah that that's um that's the game and uh yeah all right well we'll uh take a break and uh, hear from one of our sponsors. We'll be right back after this. This episode is sponsored by Print Kingdom. Print Kingdom is a local veteran-owned business offering custom screen-printed goods to help elevate and make your small business or organization stand out from the crowd. And we are back. We're going to move into the No Pyro, No Podcast player of the match. So, uh, Derek, who did you have as your pick for player of the match? I had Alex Smith. I thought he did a very great job on the right-hand side, and even towards the end of the game when uh, Shanley went, uh, moved up top to uh, be, when you throw a center back forward to be a center forward, um, I thought Alex did a very good job of uh, just cleaning up everything. So even though he was called for the foul on the... On the to lead to the set piece and in the initial goal, I thought he stood out more than anyone else. Okay, that, yeah, that's those, those are some good points. I had uh, I'd pick Redmore. Um, I, I really thought he was a standout there at the back, and is his you know I always talk a lot about work rate, right? And I thought his work rate was excellent, and he had a lot of hustle, and uh, you know, really threw himself into the match. Um, yeah, Brian, I, Brian, who's not with us today. Um, 
he chose the fans for traveling. So um, those are your three picks from us. And if we go out to the folks on Twitter, um, Redmore ended with like 16.7% of the vote. My eyes are not so good. Um, and then we had a two-way tie for player of the match with Giancarlo Vaccaro and Alex Smith, both with 41.7%. First tie in yeah. the history of the No Pyro, No Podcast player of the match. Congrats to both of them, and congrats to Gio now, who scored another goal. Um, that That's actually his second one on the season, and sixth one in our Armada uniform. And since 2021, that puts him at uh, sixth place uh, for the Armada in NPSL goal. And we, we hope, hope he's going to have more. Yeah, so... Let's chat about the um, the Gulf Coast had a couple uh, had one other game um, besides the Armada and New Orleans game on the twenty seventh, and that was uh, Pensacola hosting Southern States at the same time. Um, Southern States kind of dismantled them; uh, they beat them for nothing, um, and it kind of shook up the table with everything with the two games um, since. The arm, since the NPSL does things by points per game and not by points, um, that moved the Armada from uh, top of the table down to fourth. So it's uh, since they are now at 1.6. So starting from the top to the bottom, we have Tallahassee SC now with their two wins, two losses, eight total points, and a plus two goal differential and two points per game. Um, they are at uh, 2.6, or I'm sorry, two points per game, and they still have a max points of 26 on the season. New Orleans, who has played three games right now, uh, they have two wins, one loss. They have six points, and they have a plus one goal differential. They also have a two points per game. Um, they're sitting in second, and their their max points can be 27, depending how the rest of the season shapes up. Southern States climbs into the playoff race um, from fifth place with four games played, two wins, one loss, one draw. They have seven points on the season, plus five goal differential. They have a 1.75 points per game. Their max points is 25 for the season. Mentioned earlier about the Armada. They're the only team with five games played. They have two wins, one loss, two draws, eight total points, plus five goal differential. They're sitting at a 1.6. The Armada's max points they can get if they win out is 23 points. Pensacola sits outside the playoff picture with four games. They have one win, two losses, one draw, total of four points. They are at a minus two goal differential. They're averaging one point per game, and their max points that they win out is 22. Next place is everyone's favorite mobile AFC up the pineapples. Um, until they, uh, until the roots pass them, I'm going to leave them in the standings. Good job. Um, and in last place is the Florida roots. Four games played four losses, negative 11 goal differential. 
and a zero points per game, and they're actually second, sitting second to last in the NPSL standings. Oh, dear. And if they somehow find a way to win every game left, uh, they can get a max points of 18. What's your thoughts on the standings, Dan? And you could, if you would have told me this uh, when we recorded our first episode, this is where the standings would be at this point, I would have laughed at you. Um, it's tough, tough reality to face. Yeah, but the thing is, though, there, there's that we're almost to the halfway point in the season for the league, so um, we've played three road games. So that means in the second half, the five games we're going to play three home games. So it, it's we we still have the opportunity to do things, and with the max points per game, if we win everything out or win out, it put us about 2.3. In the last two uh, seasons, 2.3 would put you at about 11th, 12th place in the NPSL, um, which is still pretty good when you're talking about 90-plus teams. Sure, sure. So it, it's it, we, we are in the thick of it, and we do need to... It, it, if the goal is to win everything, it's a lot easier to play those games at home. Um, so it's... If they don't want to have to go on the road every Wednesday and Saturday to win it all, they're going to have to take care of their business in the second half of the season. Right. As we discussed before, the clock is ticking. Time is running out. Yeah, it's a little bit shorter season this year, so we we got to get cooking. Yeah. So, And um, we have a break uh, in the schedule until, I think, June 14th, which is a Wednesday, when we go back to UNF to play Tallahassee. Um, but before then, there's uh, some upcoming games in the next couple of weeks in the NPSL Gulf Coast. Um, on Thursday, June 1st, Tallahassee is hosting New Orleans at 7 o'clock. Um, then Saturday, June 3rd, we have New Orleans uh, going on the road to uh, Panama City to play the Florida Roots. And then on also uh, at 7.30... Southern States is uh, hosting Pensacola in Hattiesburg. Then on June 6th, the Roots and Southern States play in Panama City. And on June 10th, we have Florida Roots against hosting Pensacola in an 8-5-0 matchup. And we also have Southern States hosting Tallahassee um, at 7.30 that date, which Tallahassee already won that first game 2-1. Um, get over Southern States, which was might be the biggest surprise on the year for uh, or games in the Gulf Coast Conference. I would say that is the biggest surprise of the year. Yeah. So, um, but we have a break. I think it's about 17 days between uh, uh, games. We're actually going to probably put together another episode between now and then. So we'll kind of give an update on the standings and everything. Um, before the Tallahassee, and we're working on some stuff to try to give a preview of that our Mata Tallahassee game before it happens. So we want to thank everyone for uh, listening. Be sure to like and subscribe where you, wherever you find us: Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, coming soon to Apple. Um, and so we'll wrap this one up with Go Armada, almost Armada. <laughs>